Verse 51 of 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Behold, I show you a mystery. Something that's always been in God's mind, but just now, as Paul is writing, it's about to be revealed. And this is what he says. We will not all sleep. And of course, those that have gone on to be with Christ before us, well, we're on the earth, and remember the church is all those that are in heaven and all those that are on the earth make up the church. And all those that have gone on to be with the Lord right now, their bodies literally sleep in the dust waiting to be resurrected in their brand new bodies. So really it's in this sense that the believer really, because of Romans 6 verse 9, he that dies once dies no more, in this sense, it's not even like believers die. They just separate their soul and spirit, return to God in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 6 and 7. And then their physical body sleeps in the ground. So that's what Paul is revealing here through the Holy Spirit. So he said, I will show you a mystery that we will not all sleep. Not all of us will have to uh, physically uh, be separated from our bodies and, and die. But we will all be changed. We're all going to be changed in terms of our physical bodies. We already are as far as our, our spirit and our soul. But our physical bodies. But we'll all be changed. And of course that's into the exact perfect likeness of Jesus Christ. And then verse 52 says this, in a moment. And when we consider a moment, here it says the twinkling of an eye. Now, Bell Laboratories have timed the blink of an eye. It is 11 one-hundredths of a second. <laughs> so, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, just think, while we're on this earth, it says in 2 Timothy 2.12, if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. We're not to think it strange when we face a fiery trial. Think it's some kind of unordinary thing for Christians in 1 Peter 4 verse 12. Because Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, for I reckon, I count all up the sufferings of this present time. And when compare, compared to the glory that will be revealed in us and on us, it, you can't even compare them. That's Romans 8, 18. And then Jesus uh, gave to Paul through the Holy Spirit to say in Colossians 1, verse 24, we, Paul said that I fill up of the sufferings of Christ. In other words, if Christ were still here, on the earth, all those sufferings would still go on him. But we, as his body, his flesh and bones, in Ephesians 5, verse 30, and he is our head, in Colossians 2, verse 19, we're one with him. He is our life. He's our very life in us. And so those sufferings come to us because we have him who is our life. And so, but if we suffer with him, what will we do? 
we will reign with him. If we consider the average lifespan in Psalm 90, verse 10, it is three score and ten, approximately 70 years. And if by reason, obviously by God's choice and, and uh, prearrangement of, of our lives in his uh, wisdom and love and counsel, 80 years. And then it says, and we are soon cut off and we fly away. In Psalm 90, verse 10, fly away is in a moment. Bat your eyes. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, absent from the body, blink your eyes, present with the Lord. Imagine traveling trillions and billions of miles in 11 one-hundredths of a second to the third heaven to be with him in his presence. Think of all the suffering and the things that we've all been through in all of our life. Think of it. And that's what Christ says. When you get there, when you see me face to face in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, you will be amazed. You will be so thankful. Because if you compare 70 to 80 years of a lifetime with all of its struggles and pains and, and hurts and disappointments and suffering. But when you compare it to the glory that is waiting to be given and poured on you, it's not even worth comparing. And it'll happen in, a, in an 11 one-hundredths of a second. So in the twinkling of, a lot, of an eye, it says at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. Those, in other words, that are already with Christ, spirit and soul, but their bodies that are sleeping in the grave will be reunited with them in 11 one-hundredths of a second. And then it says, be raised incorruptible, and then it says, and we will be changed. The rest of us, and some of us, might not even have to die. Might we'll just be raptured. But we will, one thing's for sure, we will all be the same. We'll all be changed gloriously. For this, this corruptible, these mortal bodies must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible will have put on incorruption, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will be brought to pass the saying that is written, and it's written in Isaiah, Paul's quoting Isaiah 25, verse 8 here, death is swallowed up in victory. Uh, death is the last enemy that will be defeated in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 26. It's an enemy. And Christ, through Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, has delivered us from even death. So death will be swallowed up in the victory that Christ has already won. That's why Romans 8, verse 37, says that you and I are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Through him. So we have his victory. And he has overcome death. Remember what we said recently, that when Christ was on the cross, d death did not take him. Death did not overtake him. He gave himself over to death. You will see that in John 10, verse 17 and 18. 
he was victorious over it. So verse 55 of 1 Corinthians 15 says, O death, where is your sting? O grave or hell, where is your victory? Again, Paul's quoting Hosea 13, verse 14 here. Then it says that the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's, here's some beautiful counsel for us while we wait. So many of those of our loved ones, they are with him. And here we are on planet Earth, still crushing dirt, <laughs> crushing dust, walking all over the place. Here we are. But in the meantime, that's what we have to look forward to. We have Christ in us. In Colossians 1, verse 27, he is the hope, the guarantee of glory. But in between that right now, yes, there is suffering. But again, what is it compared to a eternity of glory? Well, in the meantime, that's our hope. And that's what Paul is saying through the Holy Spirit. God wants us to see that. That is our absolute, our eye is there. Our eye is on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, verse 2, we ought to look away from all that would distract unto Jesus. We ought to look to the one who we will very shortly be with. Very shortly. And then there will be, in Revelations 21, Verse 4, there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more crying, for the former things are passed away. And we can thank God that in him, even now by faith, they are passed away. They're passed away. But in the meantime, while here we are on this earth, what are we to do? Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, in the meantime, be occupied with my love for you and know that you are my family. You are beloved. And please, be steadfast. Be unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, it's the work of the Lord, but he wants us to be blessed with him working it through us with him. He wants us to be partners with him. He's chosen us for a time while we are here being conformed to his image in Romans 8, verse 29. All of that that we just read, the sufferings and all these things in Romans 8, verse 28, are working together for God's divine good to them that are the loved of God and are called according to his purpose. What is his purpose? for you and I to experience just how loved we are as his family and to be steadfast. Jude 20 and 21 makes it very clear. Makes it beautifully clear in those verses there. And they're really awesome verses. Listen to them. And we would normally just quote these, but I want to read them in Jude 20. Jude 20 says this, but you, beloved, see what it says? 
Okay? Therefore, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, my beloved, listen to that, my beloved, you are my beloved. Christ wants us to know through the Holy Spirit, the very heart of his Father, we are his beloved. You're mine. Imagine, we're owned by God in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. And thank God we're not our own. We don't have our own plans. And that's why sometimes when we don't understand things, we can certainly trust the one who does understand all things. In 1 John 3, verse 20. But in Jude 20, he says, but you, beloved, you, you are beloved. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith. All those truths about who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, all those truths about who he is in all of his majesty and glory, everything that he has accomplished for his Father, everything in doing so that he has accomplished for us, all of these things, we are to build ourselves up. And it's a most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And even when we don't, don't know what to pray, we have the Holy Spirit in Romans 8, verse 26, who with groanings, with groanings beyond words, pleads our case, gives it over to Jesus Christ because he knows and he intercedes for us. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, and in Romans 8, verse 34, he is ever living to make intercession for us because we are his beloved. We could not be any more attached to him than if we were right there in person with him. And that's why he's saying, you are beloved and you can build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit, and verse 21 says, thereby keeping yourselves in the love of God. The way that God loves you, you keep him. You keep yourselves in that. Looking for, and this is what it will cause us to do. It will cause us to look away from everything in this life that could distract us. And we are what? We are looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And that's what he's saying. In a moment, listen, in a moment, you and I could be with him. Just recently, we've had so many of our loved ones go home to be with the Lord. We, and again, with so many loved ones here, I think of our dear, uh, sweet, loving Sharon. There she is at home, sitting in her chair, she had some physical ailments. She really did. And like the rest of us, we have, some of us have our physical ailments and limitations, and they cause suffering. And sometimes we have to deal, like the Apostle Paul did, an apostle. In 2 Corinthians 7, verse 5, there were fightings without. All kinds of opposition to him. All kinds of opposition coming against him to resist him because Jesus Christ had chosen Paul like he's chosen each one of us to work through his work and accomplishment through our lives for others. 
and it's to be resisted. It is resisted because we have the God of this world. He's the God of this world in 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 4, he's the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2, 2. And he always resists the work that God is revealing and manifesting through us. To us and for others. Always doing it. But here he says, you are to keep yourselves. You please, to keep yourselves in the love of God. The love that God has for you. Looking, and that'll keep you looking for Jesus Christ to come to come very soon. Either He's going to come and see you very soon, and you and you won't even have to enter into your your physical body sleeping in the dust, or maybe it does. But at either rate, in eleven one hundredths of a second, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and so we can look, looking and expecting for the mercy, and what a merciful thing it is for him, for our Lord Jesus Christ, looking for him as he would appear unto eternal life. Look what it says in Titus <coughs> chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Look at what it says. And it's a, these are some beautiful verses here in, in, in Titus 2. We'll, we'll, we'll read uh, Titus 2, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Titus 2 says very, very clearly, and I love what it says here. For the grace of God that brings salvation to all men has appeared. For the grace of God that brings salvation unto all men has appeared. What does it do? Teaches us. In the meantime, while we're being conformed to his image, in the midst of suffering and all of these things, God will give us grace. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He, he, will, he knows exactly what we can handle. He'll never give us more than, than what we will able to be able to bear up under with his grace. In the meantime, to hold us, to keep us looking to him. Because it's only his grace that brings the truth, that teaches us. And it teaches us that denying anything that's not like him, ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. What are we going to do? Because verse 13, we're looking for that blessed hope, that guarantee, that blessed hope. We're looking for him and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. He gave himself because in his love for us, he was so for us. When suffering comes, it's not that he's not against us. He's for us. He's giving us a share of those sufferings to pour glory on us that's unbelievable. And it is a great gift and mercy for him to do so. <clears throat> who what? Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify us and purify us unto himself a very particular people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort with all authority. 
We're to build ourselves up with the authority that God has given us through his word, by his grace, for you and I to experience the truth. And that grace and truth that is in Christ Jesus in John 1, 14 will be the thing that will keep us looking for him with a great expectation. Colossians 3, verse 2 says, Set your mind, your whole thinking, not on things of the earth. Set your mind, not on things of the earth, but in heaven, above. For you died, as far as this earth is concerned. You died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So therefore, my beloved brethren, you are beloved, so be steadfast. Listen, the result, the whole result of our contemplation here while we're on this earth is to be what? To be the turning in the meantime with an energy that we get from God, an incredible energy to the work of the Lord that is in our hands. Do you know that? Everywhere we go, we can be because Christ is in us in 2 Corinthians 3, 2 and 3, a living epistle known and read of all men. That's a work of God. While he does a work in us, which he always does, while we grow in 2 Peter 3.18 in grace and knowledge, and there is no knowledge without truth, and there's no truth without knowledge, and both are who Christ is. We grow in it, and while that's happening in us, God is working in us personally, but he also is working through us to others. It's the work of the Lord. It is. And the world who walks by sight, and thank God in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, we walk by faith, absolute dependence upon God, who Christ is and what his word has declared him to be and who we are in him. He's made that declaration. We are, his, we are owned by him. We have the seal of the Holy Spirit. We're sealed. Proof of ownership. The proof that we're owned by God Almighty through Jesus Christ is the fact that we have the Holy Spirit. And thank God that our sufficiency, it's true. We have to learn this. We do. We have to learn it. Listen, we are not sufficient for anything of ourselves. Our sufficiency in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5, is of him. And when our sufficiency is of him, when we absolutely depend upon him, not only for the work that he is accomplishing in us based upon what he's done, but the work he wants to do through us, when that, everything that he is, is our sufficiency, then it's the spirit. The letter kills the flesh trying to do something apart from who Christ is. But the Spirit gives life. And oh, how God loves it when His Holy Spirit can take the life of Christ and work through us and give it to others. Therefore, that is to be what our whole, everything about our life is Jesus Christ. Everything, every single thing about it, everywhere we go. Every person we come in contact with, that, that is what it means to be in our hand. Listen, every shadow has been remo removed from our path. That's right. 
because we are the children of, of light. We said it the other night, First <clears throat> Thessalonians 5.5 5 and uh, Ephesians 5.8, we are children of the light because Jesus said in John 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. That's why he said in John 9 verse 5, as long as I am in the world, how long is he in the world? Through us. I am the light of the world. We have no idea at times how God can use us with the light that he lights us up with to light up others. And it's probably, and I don't say probably, it will take Christ to declare exactly what was going on. There's so much we don't know about the way that his life in and through us was so effective for others. But he'll soon, and I think soon, let us know. Well, only the sure recompense of everything done for him is the only thing that will remain for us. It's the only thing. But he has to do it in us. He does it in us. Job 23, verse 14, he performs the thing that he requires. Lord, I can't do this. I can't take this trial. I can't take this pain. I can't take this suffering. And no, we can. But he can in us and through us. He performs the thing that he requires. Sometimes we think God is, God is way too hard. The reality is the hard comes when we try to make sense of it in our own understanding. The reality of it is, is the only thing that God requires in our life is what his son has performed. He performs the things, the thing that he requires. He does it. So, what trial can daunt you and I who is in the full energy of the truth of who Christ is in them. What can stop us? Since God for us, in Romans 8, verse 31, who against us? Really, again, what it's saying. Does it matter who comes against us? Since God is for us. Does it even matter? All of this is the substance, the reality. Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. Faith is the title deed, the Greek says. Faith is the substantiation of those things that are guaranteed. Then it says the evidence not seen. Yes, the evidence is not seen by sight, but it sure is. God has given us plenty of evidence in the word of God. There's all kinds of evidence that we have. Faith is not blind. Faith is not taking a blind step. Faith is walking in absolute dependence upon the substance and reality and certainty of who Christ is and what he's accomplished. What his plans are. Oh, what are his plans? Oh, so we have 70, 80, 90 years on this earth. Really? And then an eternity, a non-ending eternity. Here's a billion years. Here's another billion years. I mean, you just can't stop of absolute, unbelievable glory. 
Unbelievable glory. So because of these things, listen, yet a little labor, a little bit of time, a little bit of time, yet a little labor, and all will soon be over in the pure glory and in the pure love, uninterrupted, of Jesus Christ with us for all eternity. What's it worth? Yes, we can build ourselves up on our most holy faith. We can. And then we come together as being built up once. And then we become, in Ephesians 4, verse 16, a joint that supplies. I love it. I love the word fellowship. And I love, that's why we come together. I love it when we do come together as best as we can in our circumstances and our situations. It's great when we do. Because it's a beautiful thing in 1 John 1 verse 3 as we close. That which we have seen. Think about that. Each person here, and I'm sure, have we seen Jesus Christ in our life? Have we seen him take us through? Have we, have we seen him literally carry us through? We've seen him. Not physically in 1 Peter 1.8, but we see him with a reality and a certainty that cannot be denied. That which we have seen and heard. How many times have we heard him comfort us, give us a word, edify us. When we were at our worst, when we were low, he comforted us. He lifted us up. He took us out of the pit. You read Psalm 40, 1 and 2, all those Psalms. That which we have seen and heard, we become that declaration of it. We declare unto you. Our life becomes a testimony to one another of the fact of what we have seen and heard by Jesus Christ. And then we come together, and boy, is that some kind of power. That you also may have fellowship. And this is what it says, with us. With us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We can build ourselves up together. There are times when God does his most and his personal work in us when we're alone. When it seems like it's mundane. When it seems like we can't think or anything is going on. That's when he's doing the most. That's what he's doing the most. He's doing a lot of work in us. Through, based upon what he's already done. See, God only works through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he only works in us what he's already done. <laughs> And it's for us. It's for us. But this is what it says as we close. We are to have fellowship. And with us is very emphatic. It's with us. And here's what fellowship means. It's the Greek word kinonia. It's K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. And the O is silent. It's kinonia. That's the Greek word. And this is what that word means. It is, and boy, oh boy, 
It is the setting aside of private interests. This is what this word means. The setting aside of private interests and desires. And, and the joining in with another or others for common purposes. And what is it? To come together as his body, flesh and bone in Ephesians 5.30, and to fellowship in that way with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. In other words, there's an unbelievable fellowship when we put aside private interests and our own little desires and we come together, there's an outpouring of a fellowship and a measure of fellowship and intimacy that you just don't get any other way. And we're to build ourselves up on our most holy faith because we're beloved. And what a way for him to manifest it by being a joint that supplies, by coming together, we're a joint. And you read that in, in Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16. Beautiful verses. So Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for the truth of it, what you've given us. We thank you, Lord, and, and just we just pray that we would be continually built up upon what you have already accomplished. Our, our eternal destiny is fixed and glorious, glorious. And we can't reckon up. There's no way that we'll ever be able to reckon what, 70 or 80 years, maybe 90 years, something. A life and time compared, whatever happens in that time, compared to the eternity of glory that we'll share with Christ. Cause us to, to Lord, to, to really see this by the power of the Holy Spirit, to build ourselves up. And as we build ourselves up, to build up one another, to pray for one another, to lift one another up in prayer. And thank you, Lord. We thank you for this night. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.